Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. Every week on our show, we turn on Netflix and watch a romantic comedy, and we watch them in chronological order, meaning we watch them from the oldest to the newest because we are historians. (laughs) Um, We're doing this to gain insight and context in the genre of romantic comedies, and because it's also fun. What are we watching today, Justine? Okay, Ashley, I know you're super excited <laughs> that we are watching 1940s His Girl Friday. I really, really am. <laughs> it's uh, one hour and 31 minutes, which is a good length. Yes. Um, here's what it's about, for those who don't know. Hildy is about to get hitched to a dull insurance agent if her ex-husband, a ruthless newspaper publisher, doesn't succeed in winning her back. Who do you think her ex-husband is, Justine? I think it's Cary Grant. It is. <laughs> I really like Cary Grant podcast people. I really, really do. Don't know so, why. Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, Ralph Bellamy, directed by Howard Hawks. This is, you know, this is big stuff. Yep. Um, it's our first, I think, biggest or well-known Yeah, like one. if you say His Girl Friday, people are going to know. Yeah. Yeah. People might actually listen to this podcast. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe this is our break-in. <laughs> It's our breakout episode, Justine. Yep. Um, and on Netflix, it's rated four stars, so people think it's good. Netflix thinks it's good. I think it's good, though I haven't seen it all the way through. Just clips. Um, I do want to tell I don't think I'm going to like it. Really? Based off this description, I think that it's going to objectify the female character and she's going to be a prize to be won. I don't know. Rosalind Russell never gave off that air of allowing herself to be won, I don't oh, think. It says right here, winning her back. Well, <laughs> yeah, winning her back, but you know how Netflix descriptions are. That's true. Um, I think it's funny that we have another uh, newspaper character. It's always the newspaper people. Well, and that was the hot medium before movies which is before tv well, i mean there's radio but okay that's cool it's all it's always i hope they have the newspaper like crazy newspaper voice because i really dig that i don't know why all right you ready to go watch it let's watch it boom and we're back i love doing the sports announcer thing i'm sorry but i do and I'll keep it in there. I know. <laughs> it makes me feel better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We just watched um, His Girl Friday. Yep. Um, it's on Netflix, but it's a very horrible... Um, it's pretty much a horrible DVD rip where they didn't de-interlace the file. Yeah. It was a bad transfer too like there were problems with the the sink at points and then there were random jumps Mm -hmm. halfway through like the person would be saying uh, a phrase and it would jump halfway through the them saying the word to the next thing that they were saying and it just was a little jarring at times right so um since this uh film is in the public domain this tends to happen so but there should be good copies around. If you can find a good copy somewhere on... I'd say just watch it on a DVD. Yeah. Get a DVD from Amazon or somewhere and watch it off of that. Um, but you can watch it on Netflix. It is there, but be warned. Yeah. 
I would, I do want to check out, because when we were doing the, the research, it's on archive.org, which is basically the Library of Congress's copy. So I don't know if it's going to be the same rip mm-hmm. um, of how they did it. Cause... You know, it was just some, like, intern or something. Well, I'm sure it's, they can't really, they can't do much because I'm sure the master doesn't exist anymore. That's true. So they can't go back to the master film. They probably had to go off of a print to make the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why it still had the real marks on it. Yeah, uh, a print that has been run through a theatrical release mm-hmm. has been through a projector numerous times. Yep, that would make perfect sense. So be warned. All right. Uh, you like this movie, Ashley? Yes, I do. How much you like it? I like it a lot. I really like Cary Grant. I can't stress that enough. He is hilarious. Um, I love that he has specific gestures and he uses gestures I know. in his comedy. Yes. Because you're not expecting it. Because he has some really funny lines, but he adds that little extra oomph mm-hmm. to it with like a hand gesture. Or... He's like a mime. He is like a mime. That's what I remember every time I've seen a Cary Grant movie is he's very, he's very on, on it. He knows what's going to be funny and he has that air of... I don't, it's not even, I don't even know what it is. It's just there. He just is, he is who he is. He's got that it factor. Yeah, he's got the it factor. There we go. He's an (laughs) it dude. (laughs) No, yeah, I I agree. I also, I really liked it. I really like Cary Grant. I really like Rosalind Russell. Rosalind Russell was on it. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah, there was insane. The dialogue was so, it was just crazy. It was definitely... A movie that set the pace for what movies are today. Yes. Well, and you can definitely, um, they reference this movie a lot in Gilmore Girls, and I can see why. Because they had that, the fast-paced dialogue that Gilmore Girls has always talked about having in this, like, I think they kind of use that as its basis for how fast the dialogue needs to be and how witty the female character needs to be. Because she was giving it back to him just as much as he was giving it to her mm-hmm. with his, their back and forth. Their banter. Their banter, yeah. Which is probably why I really like this movie, because I really like Gilmore Girls. And I love that that aspect of being able to keep up with a conversation with somebody. And I thought that they worked really well as a team. So, that's what, that's okay. what I thought. Let's, let's go through, from the, from the top. From the top. Uh, these opening credits were... I'm always, I'm really enjoying seeing old movie styles of opening credits because pretty much they had like most of the credits at the beginning, mm-hmm. then the end. Um, these credits were on a newspaper type backing. Yes. So it was very cute, very appropriate. Um, and that's where I learned it was based on a play. It said that. I'll get yes. into that more later. Okay. Um, but then it, it then it had of course some text talking about the dark ages of newspaper, and I also like it ended with once upon a time. Yeah, like it this was is cute. a fairy tale. I mean, it kind of. I don't want to say it was a fairy tale, but it definitely had its. It was fantastic. Fantastical a- aspects to it, which made it really fun because mm-hmm. they were dealing with very serious topics in certain points, but they made this. They, they never really made it feel too over-the-top dramatic. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, very, it was very rooted in its comedic aspect, which I think this is one of our very first ones where it's 
the story or the comedy comes from the story, not the person. Right, yeah. And it's also our first one where we jump in and I kind of immediately, the relationships are established. I know what's going on, who these people are. I was like, okay, I'm into it. It's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody's motives were were laid out and were spelled out within the first five minutes, Mm -hmm. which was perfect because you knew who everyone was. Names were established. We weren't going back to try and figure out who names were at the end. Yeah. And um, characteristics of those people were established very early on. Right, for sure. Um, So our our main gal, Hildy, she comes to the newspaper office, and everybody loves her and saying, Hi, Hildy. She has an awesome hat. Yeah, well, her top hat. Yes, she wears this awesome hat, which is on all the posters. I think it better be. It's an awesome hat. Um, and she's going there to see her ex-husband, which is our our Cary Grant character. His name is Walter Burns. Wally. 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 Walter. Who's, and yeah, sorry. He's the editor. He's the editor of the newspaper that she wore. Worked she, for or yeah. was working for still? She was a reporter slash journalist. She was quitting. Yes. Um, but instantly I'm like, oh my god, these people have fantastic chemistry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation went on forever, but you were with it the entire time. Yeah, and they're just like holding the shots, but it's all dialogue driven. You yeah. don't need to cut away to something No, else. It's, it's almost... It, like, you're mesmerized in the fact that they could keep going. Yeah. Like, and how, I think one of my favorite parts was when, um, he had to answer a phone call or something in the middle of their conversation, and she's just sitting there, like, my, uh, not even really, she was pantomiming what he was doing and making fun of him, and it was frustrating him because he was on, I I think it was on the telephone or it was when somebody came in. Mm -hmm. I don't remember, but it was, it was pretty hilarious to see that, that aspect because they they had instant chemistry and in the other movies that we've watched there hasn't been that connection at like all no you, chemistry no it's just it's for it was forced in that and then you see and i think that could be attributed just to the actors themselves right because carrie grant is known for having this fast-paced quick kind of wit and so is rosalind russell rosalind russell is a very strong female actress of that time period so you kind of see them at their strengths, because I don't know if it was written from the play or how much of the play influenced this, but you could definitely tell that the they, the writers chose them for a specific reason and kind of played up their strengths a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the director changed the play to have uh, Hildy's character be a woman. Oh. Originally, it was all men. So... I think, then added that romance. Well, it was probably at, the romance was added to sell it. Right. So it became a romantic comedy from the director just changing the character from a man to a woman. It makes more sense for it. I don't, I've never read the play, so I don't know, I don't know how comedic it would be taking out that, her being, that aspect. Mm-hmm. Probably in the original one, she's, probably still leaving or he's leaving to go get married or something like that or yeah but then it kind of takes um wally's motive Mm -hmm. kind of away right because uh wally okay at this point they say they haven't seen each other in four months 
Walter is still flirting with her shamelessly, and he's saying, we've got something between us, nothing can change. We're a team, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they divorced. They used to be married, but they divorced because she felt that he was more interested in the paper, and... Well, and I think it was also because she wanted, she wanted a sense of peace mm-hmm. in her life, because as a reporter, you're constantly always going, you're constantly searching for the next big story. At least that was, that was what they were establishing very early on, is that being a reporter is a very... Well, that's what she was saying. Yeah, but I don't think that that's what she felt. I do think it was probably difficult for them working together and being married. Yes. I, they didn't say how long they were married for, I don't think. I would assume for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Because divorce was a lot harder back then. You kind of had to really establish why you were wanting to end it legally. Mm-hmm. And that, that was harder to kind of prove you had to have maybe some salacious incidents or a really strong hatred for one another. Yeah, but he he definitely, he's like, okay, whatever, just come back. And then he, he keeps talking. Of course, we talk about this nonstop dialogue. She can't get it out that she's engaged. Yes. Like, she just has to shove the <laughs> ring into his face and be like, listen, buddy, I'm getting married tomorrow. So, see ya, I'm leaving, goodbye. <laughs> This is the point where I was like, she doesn't really want to marry, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Bruce. Bruce. She really did not, I did not get that she wanted to marry him. She wanted Wally to fight for her. Ooh. That was, that was what her motive was and why she did it the day before she was getting married. Cause, to see if there was any last minute chance? Yes. I really felt like that. I mean, she was only with Bruce for Less than four months. Yeah. It just, it felt like it was one of those, Bruce was like her rebound relationship, and then she kind of realized that being a woman didn't necessarily mean that she had to have a home and take care of kids and and be that way. Like, that's what I took away from it, is that she could have her career, but she was, she didn't have to change who... She didn't lose her femininity. Yeah, she doesn't lose her femininity by having a career, Mm -hmm. which was very strong aspect of this movie and something I was kind of like, oh, this is, this is, this is why this movie is so huge in the feminist, like, sect, because it dealt with those issues in such a very clean-cut kind of way, where it's just, this is what it is. She was a reporter. She really liked the nitty-gritty of those kinds of things. She, she strongly felt that she was doing something worthwhile, Maybe she got a little taste of what her life was going to be like when, um... She went to Bermuda? She went to Bermuda, and or what it could be like, and that's where she met Bruce. But they didn't have that chemistry that uh, Wally and her had. Wally and Hildy were, they were a team. They were Mm -hmm. very much um, reflections of each other. They they worked well off each other. They finished each other's sentences half the time, which was really nice. Yeah, but I mean, well, first of all, she says she she tells him she doesn't want to be a journalist, which is a lie. Um, oh, it's a 
But it is night. She does say that Bruce, he forgets about the office when he's with me. Which is, if you're in a relationship, you want that person, you know, to be there with you. Which I think was a big problem in, with her marriage with Wally. Yeah, but I think it kind of... That he wasn't present. Yeah. It came back later on, though, that maybe she had a little bit of that in herself, too. Mm-hmm. Where she couldn't, she couldn't always let, let go of what she was working on. And maybe that's what scared her, in a way. Psychologically, humans get, when they see a reflection of themselves in their partner, and it's something that they don't like about themselves, they freak out. So, I mean, I... I get the bit about them having their honeymoon in um, a uh, coal mine because the coal mine had collapsed. Yeah. And so they needed to get the story. Yeah. But at the same time, she really loves being a journalist. Yeah. So I kind of feel like she really does have a little bit of that too. And she may not, she probably didn't like that about herself. That she was always, she was defining herself by the career, which is probably why she wanted to go the complete opposite route and not have a career, and be the more, I guess, traditional wife role. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's what she really wanted. Right, definitely. Uh, they say that about, like, writers. Like, if you can stop writing, stop. If you can't, then that's what you're doomed to do for the rest of mm-hmm. your life. Well, and good writers are a dime a dozen, and they are always working. They're always doing something. I mean, look at J.K. Rowling. That's what she did. She didn't care that she wasn't making any money off of it. She still did it because that's who she is. Mm -hmm. That's what she has to do. It's, I think, on a, I think that's kind of when you find something that you really are good at and what you really like, you, you tend to always want to do it and always want to be present in that kind of situation or relate it back to that because it's what you love and it's part of who it just, it def- it doesn't necessarily define you, but it is who you are to a certain degree. Like, that's your passion. That's mm-hmm. your, you're going to dr- uh, drive really hard to, to get to what you want and do stuff that you love and have stuff left behind when you're, that you're proud of. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the story. Walter so, he's kind of had that moment of, like, whoa, whoa, you're getting married tomorrow? I gotta, I wish I could meet this guy. And she's like, oh, he is waiting for me. She's like, okay, great, let's, let's go. <laughs> so, he insists on um, meeting Bruce and then insists on taking them out to lunch. Yes. Which, Bruce was totally okay with this. He's an alright guy. Yeah. It was, it was he- jarring for me. Um, because most movies where you have that kind of, like, love triangle-y thing, the two, whoever they're fighting over, they hate each other. Yeah. But it didn't get that in this. Like No, they, he liked him when he met him. He's like, that guy's great. He's got great charisma, you know? Yeah. Well, they he kind of still, like, nothing that Wally did was evil mm. in a way. Like, it was frustrating and kind of dumb, but that's, from my understanding, that's just kind of what how guys get when they feel threatened, is they kind of get dumb, or they push back and get violent. I mean, there's 
there's different types of way to go about it. And I think he didn't, he didn't go about it in the way that we're used to seeing in love triangles. Right, yeah. Definitely not a typical love triangle. No. And it didn't feel like they were fighting over her, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, I remember. That's what I was like, oh no, it's going to be one of those. But it totally wasn't. Uh-uh. And she was very active in in her storyline. And, and Bruce was kind of the only one that was a little bit of outside of of everything like he he was the passive character of the three Mm -hmm. he kind of just was there to be the trope or to be the uh, inciting incident essentially Mm -hmm. okay so at lunch walter finds out that the couple is going to be leaving in two hours to albany um so he starts making up stories pretty much trying to get hildy to stay and write a story for him for the paper um so he makes up this plan i'm like okay if you cover this incident um with uh earl williams earl williams is their latest story because he accidentally shot a colored officer that's what they say um (laughs) so complete role reversal of today yes um he shot a police officer. They're going to hang him tomorrow. So yeah. they want to do another interview with him. They want to do a final, like, they want to run the, the way that they were planning on doing or what she eventually brings to uh, Wally's attention is that they could do an interview piece next to the story of his death. So that you have the last, basically like a last will and testament kind of thing, and then what actually, what the the outside version of it all is. Do they is. want to make a compassion piece? Kind of. It was, I think he was taking a different angle on it, because just about every reporter that we later on meet was trying to make it a compassion piece, because they kept bringing in his girlfriend and trying to, like, talk about how she, um... She doesn't know a good person in the world, and now that he's gone, she, she's going to lose the only person that she knows that's mm-hmm. or that's decent to her. And I think he was using... He, he knew that this would be something that Hildy couldn't turn down. Mm-hmm. It did take a little bit of effort to, like, convince her. The deal was, since uh, Bruce was an insurance salesman, that he was going to get insurance for Wally while she ran and got the story from Earl. Yes. She was really keen to get the insurance on. Because of the, uh, the commission. The commission that uh, Bruce would get would be $1,000. Yes. And so, um, <clears throat> they have the bit about how Wally is kind of a thief, or a cheat, mm-hmm. I guess is a better term. And, uh, so she went through, like, a list. She made Earl give her, give her all the money in his wallet mm-hmm. because she knew she knows Wally so well. Yeah. This is why I feel like they may have been married for a year, but they've known each other for years. Because mm-hmm. she knew all of his tricks. She knew all of his friends. She knew yeah. every little facet of what he could do. And 
I she knew what he was doing, but she she did not want to turn it down. That's why I don't feel that she really wanted to be with Bruce. Like the 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 first two scenes, I just really I'm like, no, she does not want to be with this this dude. She does not want this life. She says she does, but she she does not in her heart and her her soul. Mm-hmm. Do you also think that she wanted the insurance policy on on Wally because she cared about him? A little bit, yeah. I, she really, I don't know. I don't understand her relationship with Bruce that much. I understand it's established, and I know where they're going and where they're headed. But I didn't feel that that he just was a rebound boyfriend. He was just there. Yeah, I see that. Um, so Hildy goes off to go to the press room, and Walter and Bruce have the doctor in his office, mm-hmm. and da 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 da. And Wally makes Hildy his beneficiary for the insurance. Yes. Which Bruce is like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then Wally's like, but listen, don't you want her, like, you don't know what's going to happen um, in the in the near future. What if, um, you know, you guys don't do as well off as you think that you're going to do? And can't you just imagine her in her old age and her white hair and her lavender dress? <laughs> this is getting, this is getting really weird. Because you're talking to her fiancé about this. Yep. And he's like, oh, the doctor says I'm fine. I got at least another 25 25 years. years. (laughs) Life expectancy was not as long. Nope. That was was strange, yeah. Um, But at this point, he's bringing Bruce over to his side. Bruce thinks that Walter is an all right guy. Oh, yeah, he thinks he's a stand-up guy. He he really likes his, his charisma. He really understands his... I think he kind of understands his plight. Like, he kind of feels sorry for him in a way. Like, he lost, he lost Hildy. Yeah. Where, I mean, I don't, that was just subtle there. I don't know how much that was intended. Okay, so Hildy goes over to the jail to interview Earl. Williams. Earl Williams. With his crazy jail within a jail. Oh, I loved it. It was exactly like the, the thing that they're doing with Suicide Squad with Harley Quinn's cell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which doesn't make very much sense still. Um, it's cinematically awesome because it's cool because you get that, that overhead shot that they had looking down on him in his little cage, mm-hmm. and that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, as before we meet Earl, we're, they're really talking. They're, she goes into the press room, and she is with all the other reporters in the press room at the jail. And everybody's talking about the hanging. And one of the big things that I wrote down is that the hanging is paralleling her wedding. That mm. that was for for Wally when they kept on saying that tomorrow Earl Williams will uh, be hung and his soul will be separated from his body. And I was like, that's basically telling us what's going to happen you got it when she gets married you got it right there (laughs) (laughs) well they they focused so much on the hanging part and maybe it 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 wasn't supposed to be that way it's not supposed to be a parallel but and maybe it was just brought on from the play but it really like felt like they were really hammering that home Mm -hmm. those press room guys they were fantastic Oh, you're playing poker and 
and is hanging out with the phones that are attached to the tables for some reason, mm-hmm. which is driving Hildy nuts. Um, mm-hmm. This scene was one of the ones where you kind of see a trope of uh, romantic comedies is she's one of the guys. Mm-hmm. She really kind of came in and she kept up with them and she she gave it back just as much as they were giving her, just like how she did with Wally, but it really felt like she belonged there. Yeah, she was on their level. Yeah, completely on their level. And every no one questioned the fact that she was a woman. No one really cared about that fact, that a woman covering a murder. Yeah. Like, again, I don't know much about it, but thinking about all of the, the stuff in the 50s and how or even during World War II, how when women were sent off to work and then when the boys came back, they had to go back to the home and they didn't want to. I felt like people would essentially be questioning the fact that she's a reporter and because she was a female of childbearing age. Mm -hmm. So it was just... It's refreshing to see that movies were good at some point in time. (laughs) But the Preston boys, they were saying, this marriage won't last six months. They know where her heart is, and it's in the... <laughs> it's in her writing. Yep. When it's true. And I think that that's why, at least from the movie aspect, there is no other person that is good for her, aside from Wally. Even if he isn't necessarily always present in the relationship. That's, that's I think, we have, as ourselves, we kind of go through that, where you're not always absolutely 100% present in your relationship because maybe you can't be or there's other things that you have to focus on and I don't know I didn't view it as such a horrible thing that he did I don't know maybe it's just because I really like Cary Grant (laughs) (laughs) um so then Molly Malone the uh, girlfriend of uh Earl who isn't even really his girlfriend because she just met him that day oh, and cared yeah. for him. And that's what she's coming in to say. She's like, you are lying about me and just saying, like, all these things that aren't true. Please stop. Yeah. And they treat her as, you know, an hysterical woman. Pretty. Yeah. And then Hilde just kind of ignores her. He, She kind of is just like... She's taking down what... She, I thought she was typing up what the actual truth was. She wrote that story. Yes. So she's getting the story out of what she's what uh, Molly was saying. Yes. And um, she was kind of sensationalizing it a little bit. Because after her meeting with Earl in jail cell, um, they do talk about, because Earl does have her picture hanging up in his cell, and she did send him roses. Mm-hmm. But they do talk about... They're trying to, one of the big things is they're trying to determine if Earl was insane Mm -hmm. during the time of the shooting. He had just got fired? Yeah, uh, he lost his job two weeks before the shooting. Mm -hmm. And he was looking for work. He wasn't 100% sure how he got a gun, but he got a gun and never had held a gun before. And Hildy kind of directed him in the way of saying that well since he had a gun he what are a gun what is a gun meant for it's meant for shooting so he went out and shot somebody because that's what guns are meant for Mm -hmm. which is interesting Um, 
So yeah, there's this whole, and then there's also this political background that this hanging is taking place three days before the next election. Yes. And to keep the current mayor in office, the people, his voters want this hanging to happen. Well, he wants to keep the colored vote. Yeah. So, and it's a very strong vote in wherever... <clears throat> Did we ever figure out what city they're in? No, but I think it was New York. Okay. I don't know. Because okay. they mentioned Albany, but... Well, yeah, if they're getting to Albany by tomorrow via train. Yeah. Yes, it would have to be in New York. Yeah, they're trying to keep the same... Or, well, the the current mayor really wants to stay in office because he's a politician, and mm-hmm. that's what politicians want. Um, so there's, like, that... There's... Weird inserts of that politicalness in it. That was the only weird part. I was like, I don't really care about you. Why are you in this movie? Or why are we in this scene? Like the whole scene with the uh, the messenger mm-hmm. and the with the sheriff and the mayor. Mm-hmm. That really didn't make much sense as to why it was really there. Well, it's because the newspaper office pretty much owns the political office. Oh. Pretty much whatever the newspapers say is what the the people are going to do. That's why they are trying to write the correct side or the side that appeases whoever they're trying to keep in office or get in office. So basically what it does now. Yeah. Okay. Go Fox News. (laughs) Yeah, it's Fox News of then. Um, (laughs) So yeah, and you said there were no political romantic comedies. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, there's this whole, there is a political subplot having to do with the current mayor and this particular trial hanging um, that Walter wants Hildy to write the story for because he, he knows it's going to be a good story. I mean, he could get somebody else to write the story. She is, it seems to be the best writer for this yeah. job. Um, oh, but then during all this uh, back and forth and political stuff, uh, Bruce calls Hildy from jail, saying that it was reported that he was stolen a watch and they found the watch on him, plus his own wallet is missing. Yes, that's because um, when Bruce was leaving the newspaper office, Wally put his gangster friend uh, to ta- on, him, on Bruce to tail him. Mm-hmm. It was a short guy. <laughs> when uh, Wally a- was trying to show... Uh, what was his, was his name Johnny? I don't know, it was very gang, it was a very gangster name. Yeah, and he was not of this country, because he kept threatening to, like, send him back where he came from. Yeah. Um, he lifts him up, up to the window, he's so short that he has to lift him up over the, the windowsill to show, um, this guy who Bruce is so that he can tail him. And, uh, so then Bruce leaves, he has the watch planted on him and gets arrested, and... Hildy knows. Yeah, Hildy Hildy knows exactly what happened because that's why she had uh, Bruce give her his money. She's like, yeah. give me your money. You're going to be hanging out with Wally? Okay, give me all your money. <laughs> give give me, me this. Yeah. Give me that. Check your pockets. Yeah, so, because, yeah, he ended up in jail. Um, so she gets really pissed off and just tears up the story she had just written about the Molly Malone yeah. um, and Earl. Um, and she just calls up... 
Wally. He calls up Wally and just tears up the, the story over the phone. She's like, that's what I get from that. And she, you hear that? That's her story being ripped to shreds. Yep. So she gets all of her belongings together and she has this big goodbye speech to all the press room people. Goodbye, farewell, see you never. And then, yeah. And all of a sudden there's a jailbreak. Yeah. <laughs> Guns are going off everywhere. Yeah. This really, this movie really f- reflects how gun crazy America is, because there were. This was the first movie that showed a gun and actually did something with it. Yay! Not uh, the first movie. The first movie that we watched. The first movie that we watched. Yeah. Yes. Not the first movie in historical. No, history. that would be the um the one where the guy shoots the gun right at the camera. Yeah. That's, I think. Uh, the 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 train robbery. Yeah. Yeah. Train robbery is a great film. It's such a short, silent film. Yeah, but it was a pioneer of editing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a jailbreak, and... Um, Earl has escaped. Earl has escaped. We're not sure how at this point. Yeah, but everybody's scrambling in the press room, trying to, like, find the story, find the story, and then, like... Uh, Hildy, like, takes off all of her bags and coats that she just loaded herself with. And runs. She starts running. I love, she's running down the street. She's, like, picking up her skirt. You can see, like, the top of her stockings. She's, like, trying to be a woman, but she's, like, running, (laughs) running, running. She sees the sheriff. She's trying to flag him down. And she's running after him. And she tackles him to the ground. Oh, it was great. (laughs) Oh, it was lovely. Uh, Because she knew something. She knew, if anybody would know, it would be the sheriff. Mm Mm-hmm. Because... Um, at the time when all the political stuff was going on with the mayor and the messenger, uh, he was actually in the sheriff's office waiting to be examined by the doctor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she, she knows that, and so she's like, okay, let's go see what the sheriff knows. He has to know something. Um, she knocks him over and stands on his back and is just like, dude, you're gonna tell me what, what's up. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And so she gets the scoop. On everybody, yep. essentially. Costs her $450, but she gets it. Of, of Bruce's money. Of, yeah, of Bruce's money. Which, I don't know how she still had all of that money, because she was supposed to go use part of it to go buy... She didn't buy the train tickets yet. Yes, yeah, she did. Oh, she did? She walked into the newsroom and is... Uh, or into the press room and says, look at these, look, I have three tickets to on the oh, right. 6 o'clock train. Yeah, how... Maybe he had more... No, because he only had $500. Yeah. You found a continuity error. Yes, I did. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, um, we don't know what the scoop is yet, I think, in the storyline, because then we go to the mayor getting the message. Yes, that he's been reprieved. Yeah, the messenger shows up, and the mayor and the sheriff... Yes. Are there, and he's like, here's the reprieve from the governor, and he, the mayor is trying to bribe the messenger and be like, you, you were never here, and of course he's this really dumb guy, and be like, of course I was. <laughs> of course I was. I gave you the no- I gave you the letter. Um, I'm pretty sure that the, the governor was trying to reprieve the hanging strictly because he did not want to keep that the mayor in office. He did not want him to be reelected. Mm-hmm. Um, which was fine. He's a corrupt guy. He was a very corrupt mayor, um, just from the few scenes that he was in. Yeah. Um, so he sends the, the messenger away and then has 
the sheriff tell the police, whoever he's on the phone with, to shoot to kill. Yes. And he's doing this all for the votes. If you see Earl, don't matter that we have him sentenced to hang tomorrow. If you see him, shoot to kill. Yep. It's very, very shady business. Yeah, but I think it is a reflection on how our political system is kind of set up. Mm-hmm. Which is sad, and we're getting a little too serious. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, there were also a lot of references in this whole sequence about the Red Menace and the uh, Red Uprising. Yeah, a lot of communism stuff I didn't quite follow. I wasn't sure if this was a reference to, um, well, it's, this was after the fall of the, the monarchy in Russia. So this is the time of the Soviet Union. Stalin is in power. This is right before World War II. Well, it's World War II is going on, just not for America. And Hitler is also in power. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of references to that. So I wasn't sure if this was... Uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's a, a reference to the Red Scare, which was before the whole Cold War kind of thing, a little bit, if I remember correctly, where... A lot of people in Russia or in America were really afraid that now that Russia had, or now that the people of Russia had all this power, because America and the Kremlin have never really seen eye to eye, even when the monarchy was in power. If my history is, if my history is correct, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, leave a comment. Yes, please. Um, So, a lot of press around that time was basically alluding to the fact that there might be this the the russian army is going to come march in america and try and take over america um but i don't know there were just a lot of references that just seemed placed there for a specific reason i just wasn't picking up on it yeah same um so so Hildy, of course, she's scooped her story. She goes back to the press room. It's all empty because everybody else is trying to scoop this story. But they can't figure it out. Right. So she gets on the phone with um, Wally and says, hey, I scooped the story. This Call- is what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did she tell him right there? Yeah. Okay. She closes the door and locks it so that nobody else comes into the press room while she's Yeah, pretty them. much the stupid... The doctor was saying that it probably would be best for Earl... Because Earl can't really remember why he shot this guy. Mm-hmm. So he said to bring his memory back, put him in the same situation. So he needed a gun. And the sheriff gave Earl a loaded gun. Yep. And he shot the doctor. He shot the doctor who only had minor injuries. So clearly Earl is a very bad shot. Yeah, and he got out of there. Um. So after she tells him that... Earl comes in through the window of the press room. Yep. And he's holding the gun on our Hildy. It was a little scary. It was. And he's all like, don't pick up the phone, don't do anything, don't try and get the door or anything, you know. She was trying to be really sneaky. Like, she was trying to get the, pull the receiver off of the, the phone. Mm-hmm. Because at this time, the, the phones are that two-piece two part, like, thing where you have to hold your the part up to your ear and can't remember what it's called like yeah the actual they're telephone always is called. they're always live so they're yeah. always being switched so someone is on the other end yeah 
So she's hoping that she could get it to so that somebody could hear her. But he just wants to talk, essentially. Yeah, all the questioning, it seemed like, was just driving him crazy. Like, he's all, like, totally beaten down of, like, yeah, I should die or something. He's yeah. like, oh, all this I'm questioning. I'm tired of it. Yeah. And, uh, which is kind of interesting, because when you have that constant notoriety and that constant, like, paparazzi surrounding you, you do go insane. Like, mm-hmm. that, you're, you're not allowed to, your every move is being scrutinized. And, theoretically, he is a, con- a, a convict, so he should, in a way, be always watched, but I don't think he yeah, needs to Yeah, but always... he was also being treated as a political pawn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I totally understand why he's going a little nutty. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Molly shows up. Molly shows up. Um, Hildy tries to hide him by turning off all of the lights and um, saying that he went off to one of his favorite spots when he where he used to hang out when he grew up. And uh, Molly's like, oh, okay. And then he yeah. says something, so she comes in. Yeah. And Hildy's So they're pissed. both in there. Oh, they're still trying to figure out what to do, and then, um, Bruce's mom shows up. Yeah, I didn't get that part. Yeah, and she's a tough broad. (laughs) Yeah, uh, this is, Bruce calls again. Mm -hmm. Hildy says that she's gonna be down in 20 minutes. Yeah, he's waiting in a cab. He's waiting in the cab. He, or she then calls Wally... Tells him that he needs to get over right away. Yeah. Um, she needs to... He needs to bring the $450 he owes her right away because Bruce needs it. Um, or it needs to be replaced. Yeah. And, of course, t- tells him that he's waiting in the cab downstairs. Yeah. And so, Wally sends his gangster buddy and I, what I'm assuming is her girlfriend... Or his girlfriend to alleviate the situation. Asks him... If he has $450 in Counter- counterfeit bills mm-hmm. and tells him to go deliver it to uh, Hildy at the press office at the jail. Mm-hmm. Which, this uh, this press office at the jail is really easy to get into, it seems, because everybody's barging in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, go ahead. Well, this part's a little confusing. There was a lot happening here. Yeah. Um, so... All the, at some point, they hide Earl in a desk. It's because the reporters were knocking on the door and wanting to be let back in. Yeah. Um, but of course, Bruce's mom knows something's up and that she's saying that Hildy is lying about things and all the reporters are like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? A murderer? Tell us where he is. You know where he is. You're hiding him. And, like, Molly gets all, like, upset and all flustered. Upset. And then she's like, no, I know where he is. And then she goes and jumps out the window. Yeah, she says, I'm the only one who knows who where he is and jumps out the window. Yeah, but she doesn't die. No, she miraculously lives. Yeah. From a... No suicides in the Hayes Code, okay? <laughs> Have we reached the Hayes Code Yes, this yet? is this is full-on production code. <laughs> oh. That explains why there was that one, like, really weak-ass kiss. I don't even remember. 
kissing. Well, they in the Hayes Code you can't. You can only kiss for three seconds. You can only kiss for three seconds, and it had to. There also was another provision where it had to be a married couple, or they were engaged to be married, which is probably why everybody was mm. always constantly getting engaged in this movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she survives. Where was I? Wally shows up. Then they craft the story. Yes, but this is after Hildy gets the $450 of counterfeit money from Gangster Dude, gives it to Bruce's mom to try and get her out of there. She leaves. Bruce then ends up in jail again because they found counterfeit money on him. That's later. Is that later? Yeah. I thought that came before. No, no, no. Bruce shows up. Oh, yeah. They are crafting, they are typing up the story. This is, okay, it's just, sorry, this is all confusing. It all takes place in one room. Yeah. Um, so Wally and, um, Hildy are crafting a story. What's his face in the desk? Everybody else is gone. They're typing it up, typing it up. Um, Bruce comes over and he shows up and he says, um, that he's, wants to know if, if she's coming with him. Pretty much he's saying, I'm taking the nine o'clock train. Are you coming with me? <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, can't you see this is the biggest thing in my life? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is another moment where she definitely wants to be a reporter. Yeah. There's no question about that. Um, I don't know, then he's leaving, um, that gangster guy shows up and he's all tore up saying that they were in some sort of accident. Well, he carried Bruce's mom out of the press room. Yeah forcefully yeah and then yeah they got into an accident and implied that bruce's mom was dead yeah hildy thinks bruce's mom is dead for a hot minute (laughs) yeah which she is not um the whole press room and sheriff they show up they all argue because they know that earl is hiding somewhere and they're like where is he we know you and um walter does the thing where he hits the desk oh yeah (laughs) He hits the desk and then Earl Because that back. was their signal that three <clears throat> times was going to be Wally. So he hits yeah. the desk three times while he's making this impassioned. We don't know where he is. Yeah. And then from the inside, Earl hits the back, back three, three times. Yep. And then they open it and find him. Yeah, so they handcuff Hildy and Walter and be like, oh, you guys are in trouble now. But that, like, everybody's there. Um, like, the mayor and the sheriff they're all saying how they're in trouble but then conveniently the messenger comes back and says here's your reprieve yeah um the governor was giving a statement to the reporters this is why everybody was really like mad or everybody was yelling at one another the governor had given a statement to a few of those reporters because the governor is always absent we never see the governor he's always either fishing duck hunting or some other hunting expedition So, he said that the sheriff was dim-witted and, uh, needed to be fired along with the scum of a mayor. He ain't wrong. No, he's not wrong. He, he wanted, he wanted it out. He wanted them gone. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's legitimate evidence for them to be fired. Especially now that Hildy has the scoop that it was the sheriff's gun Mm -hmm. that Wally had. So, I think... And that's how they end up getting off or not in trouble anymore. Yeah, so they find out, like, 
Oh, so he wasn't even supposed to be killed at this point. So, not our... Yeah, this whole Everybody's thing. Everybody's okay. Yeah, they get set free. Um, then they have some moments together. Yeah, he tells her that she deserves to be happy and she needed to go. He was just jealous. He was just jealous. He was sorry. And she was all swoony. And then Bruce calls. And then Bruce calls. And says, hey, I'm in jail getting caught with counterfeit money and this uh, lady who is a possible lady of the night. Oh, but no, we forgot about that. Because he goes to jail three times. This is the third time. The second time was when he was in the cab and the lady fell on top of him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, yes, that was where it was implied that she was a prostitute. Yeah. But Hildy gets the call, and she just is, like, crying, and she's like, I can't believe I believe that you were, yeah. I can't believe that I believe that you were, uh... True to your word. Or, yeah, or genuine, or you were honest with me for once. And he apologizes in a way, Yeah, this of? part is confusing to me. Well, I think he, he knows for a fact that she does not want to be who she says she wants to be, or who she's telling him she wants to be. So, he's basically saying, I love you in so many different ways. He's not exactly going out and saying it. He says, let's go get married, or we're getting married. Well, yeah, at the end, but, like, to res- to, to bring her, like, back into the whole thing, he, he kind of is, oh, honey, I didn't know, like, this just it was set up before and i'm sorry and mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't saying that though he was physically kind of acting that that's what i got i don't know i was confused but i think that was just her realization her epiphany point of just coming back and being like yeah you're right i really do love this life i couldn't really do anything else yeah but then he says yeah, let's get married. We're getting married. And she's like, okay. Yeah, and she's still wearing the ring that Bruce gave her. Yeah, and she's like, let's go to Niagara Falls for the honeymoon. And then they get the call. About the protest. There's a strike in Albany. And he's like, oh, Albany's on the way to Niagara Falls. And she's like, all right. Two weeks in Albany. And then, yeah, they walk out. And that's it. That's the end. So it was really good. It was. It was It was very fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... It wasn't, like, a serious romantic comedy. You knew that these people had a deep love and somewhat respect for one another. Yeah, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I want those two to be together. Yeah, (laughs) it it was set up that way, because you can't, in all of the movies that I've seen with Cary Grant in it, especially uh, A Philadelphia Story, he, you can't not root for him to have what he wants, in a way. Even when he's kind of being a little shitty, Mm-hmm. and kind of backwards. He does it in a way that's, I don't think it's manipulative, but I guess it could be, in a way that's kind of sweet. Like, he has a, a reason behind it, and it's it's a kind of almost a caring reason. I don't know. I He wanted her back, but I, I, he knew also that... He, he didn't strictly manipulate her. No. He did things to keep the uh, fiancé out of the way. Yes. That's all he did. But, well, to manipulate her, all he said was, he lied and said, my reporter's out, 
please cover this story, but she jumped on to doing yeah. that. Yeah, because he knew. He knew that she. this is not what she wanted. He mm-hmm. knew that she, um, this was her life, this was her passion, and that was his as well, and he, they worked so well together yeah. that he, he wanted that back. He, he. At least for one last hurrah. hurrah. Yeah. And I, I think he was kind of coming, especially at the end where he says, I was just jealous, I was, just, I, I'm sorry, um, you should go, you should mm-hmm. be with him. He really does give her the choice. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't think he really did anything to the point of making her believe that Bruce was not the right person for her or wrong for her in any way. He didn't plant any of those ideas. Those ideas were already there. Right, and and the whole time she did know that he was the responsible for keeping him out of the way. Yes. And, yeah, so it's almost like she knew uh, that's, again, especially we go back to the whole point where she went there specifically because she knew this, he was going, he wanted, she wanted, eh, she wanted him to fight for her. Mm-hmm. She wanted, she wanted to to stay in her her career but she also still I don't know I still feel that they were just way too good for each other they were they were <laughs> they were very good so this is one of the first if not the first movie to have characters talking over each other oh because of the limited microphone technology that they had they did not have multiple microphones So, what they had to do, they didn't have multi-track recording, is what I meant to say. They didn't have the multi-track recording. So, what they had to do was have the sound mixer turn on and off overhead microphones as required. And it said this needed to be done, like, up to 35, you know. Oh, I I could guess it was even more. Yeah. It didn't, I did not notice a difference from, like, today's. Mm Mm-hmm with multi-track capability i did not notice that at all i it felt very natural it felt and you think that was all on one track yeah <laughs> i mean that's amazing to think about that it just it didn't feel like it was mm-hmm. um did you notice that the only music was in the beginning and the end mm-hmm. yes i really liked that yeah i don't like it when I think we talked about this with Mad Max, where there were sometimes just moments where the music just lasted too long, and it's, like, trying to tell you how you're supposed to feel instead of allowing you that space to feel it. Like, you were allowed to to have the the chance to kind of get in with the characters because it was all natural. You didn't have that soundtrack telling you, oh, you're supposed to, this is the the moment where he's going to confess his, like, love Mm -hmm. for, and you're going to just swoon. And, yeah, I really liked it. Nice. Yeah, so uh, I can't believe that I don't think it was nominated for a sound Oscar at all, or it didn't. It, I didn't come up that it was nominated for any Oscars. Oscars. We've I already know. talked about them and their weirdness. Okay, so uh, Girl Friday or Man Friday, which is the other side, um, is a term for someone's main all-around helper. Hmm. So Hildy was Wally's all-around helper. I don't see it as that. I don't, I don't like either. I saw term. it was more of a partnership. Yeah. Because, yes, Wally is technically the editor, but Hildy took charge. Like, she did not let him tell her what to do, essentially. Like, she essentially 
was like, well, this is what I'm going to do, and you're going to just deal with it, what my decision is, which was refreshing and nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with you that it was a co... They needed each other. Yeah. They they did. They It necessarily wasn't, like, a codependent relationship because Hildy herself was very independent and she mm-hmm. could get shit done. Um, but it definitely... It worked so much better when they were on screen together. Yes. That chemistry. That yeah. chemistry. That chemistry. <laughs> Shirt. T-shirts. We need them. Yes. Do you want... Or do you have anything else to add? No. Do you want to do ratings? Yes. Okay. Do you want me to start? Uh, you start, yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it four and a half typewriter keys. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with four... Fancy top hats. Oh, yes. I love the fancy top hat. It's so good. It's so cute. I wish it was in longer, but she had to go and change her clothes to her reporter uniform. Oh, whatever. Okay. Um, okay. Next week, we are watching 1942's Miss Annie Rooney. Yep. I don't know what it's about, aside from Miss Annie Rooney. I bet it's about Miss Annie Rooney. Okay, guys, uh, thanks for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, where you can also leave us ratings and comments. Uh, you can download us directly onto your computer, if you want, from our website, thecutaways.com, and friend us and like us on Facebook, Facebook Twitter, at Cutaways Podcast. You can find us everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. Just search Cutaways Podcast, and you got a done deal. Dude. Done We'll see you there. All right. Peace out, bro. Bye. (laughs)